difficult, 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 what a well, well I'm Katie. <laughs> I think I'm still Marie, you're although still, you're still it Marie. could it could change, you know. It could More just strip all women's uh names and all rights, all of our own of, choices be, and just of, yeah. of Adam. <laughs> yeah. Of yeah. Adam. Of you're just of, of Adam. Anyway, uh yes, I am Marie and you are listening to the Difficult Women Podcast. Welcome. Welcome. <laughs> well, it's been a crazy it's it's a Saturday right now the recording it's been a crazy 24 hours yes um I mean unless you're living under a rock uh you know that we lost an incredibly uh historic woman last night um RBG I, I'm always the optimist right because like I'm hope she was old we kind of knew this could happen um so I wasn't super shocked. Um, and my hope is that this will start mobilizing some people that were feeling less mobilized. Yes, I completely so agree. I'm feeling hopeful. Thank and actually, there's proof in that. Just last night, $10 million was donated to there's um, through Vote Save America or I'm not. I think it's through Vote Save America. They're doing um a fundraising campaign basically it's called like ditch mitch and they raise 10 million dollars and it splits the amount of money that they're raising to 13 different senate races across the country so i'm really inspired by that and they were just they kept like posting like raise three million we raised you know seven million and then 10 million so i mean the money really matters when it comes to these grassroots campaigns too Very much so. so and i heard that trump's kind of running out of money so we'll see i know he really goes. is we yeah. were just talking i think last week it was about how we see like trump's ads everywhere and not enough of biden's and now i'm realizing like oh maybe it's just because they were like going so hard on those ads but now they're like maybe going to start running out of money if they're not careful so we'll see um i mean they shouldn't be careful and biden maybe is playing the long game in a way that will be good but and then in terms of ruth bader ginsburg i think also the other thing i'm kind of hopeful for is that it's it's really picking up the conversation that i've been trying to have with some people that really don't like biden don't want to vote for him and just would prefer not to vote at all but it really hits home that conversation that we have uh about when you elect a president you're not just electing a president mm -hmm. you're electing the people around him and the the things that that president or, or her one day mm -hmm. uh, and the things that that person can like do uh when they're in that position when one of those things is elect uh push you know supreme court nominations through so i i do really hope that if you're out there still kind of thinking like ah, i hate biden i don't want to vote maybe this will just remind you like why it's important that we vote even if um and and you know why the a third party vote this year just is not ideal. <laughs> I get it. No, but, yeah, but it's really but, not ideal. Right. So I mean, you know, what, I'm sure by the time this comes out, there'll be lots of conversations around uh, Miss Ginsburg. But um, I just you know thought we'd mention it since it's on brand <laughs> for us. Yeah, it certainly is. Just so sad. She's just she was just you know. I'm just what, sad number she didn't one get difficult to, woman, right? Well, I'm just I'm sad she didn't get a chance to ever like retire. You know, she had right. we worked that woman into the ground. Literally. Well, I'm sad that we can't celebrate her life right now. I feel like we we have to instead mobilize to for action instead of like taking a minute, 
understanding what an incredible incredible human being she was but instead we have to like the initial shock and sadness of the fear that uh what this means yeah i do think that like that mobilization though is a celebration in its own way that's true so i think that you know yeah I think that if you, if you, not you, but if one wants to celebrate her, then they will mobilize. Actually, can I read a really quick thing? Um, AOC jumped on this in a really great way and was just like, look, this is, I know it's scary, but there's things we can do. And um, I, there was like a list of some things, one that we could do like today, right? One is make sure that you're, you know, check your voter registration, get out there. And another one is to actually vote. Another thing you can do is organize and show up to support local organizers. Um, And then a couple of other things that I thought were interesting was you can write down five people you can talk to about their vote. And there are some people, you know, that only you can really have a conversation with and that you might be the one that can help change their minds. Um, Artists can rise up and your art can connect to people's emotions and propel action. And that's one thing that we do very much mm-hmm, you know mm-hmm. um and feel strongly about um if you're bilingual and you have additional you, if you're bilingual then you have another group of people that you can reach out to that not everybody can um don't give in to the cynicism and be ready to fight you know be ready for you know don't stick this is not a time to stick your head in the sand right and you can also call mitch mcconnell's phone number it is 270-781-1673 and just quote him by saying the American people should have a voice in the selection of their next Supreme Court justice. Therefore, this vacancy should not be filled until we have a new president. So just quote him exactly. Just keep calling. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of things that we can do. And I feel like activism is the thing to make her legacy live, obviously. Yeah. She's, pa- she's, she's passing the torch to us, and it's up to us now. Yeah. And, I'm, and I'd have to say, like, this, this activism in politics does excite me because while our political system was not always set up as equal and perfect as we would have liked to we would like it to have been you know um being active in it is the thing that makes it more equal it's the thing that makes it work because it the, the system itself if done properly it can work for us mm-hmm. but we just have to mm-hmm. we have to really use it and um the reason why the fascists have been taking over is because we haven't been participating that's right. the only reason that's the only reason. Right. So it's our fault. Well, I'm going to get Also, I mean, I did watch The Social Dilemma. Have you watched that documentary yet on no. Netflix? Oh, my goodness. Um, the big thing I took away from it is just how much these tech companies can create culture wars. Oh, sure. With enough money. With enough money, um, you can do this legally as well. And and that's exactly what the Russians did to hack. They didn't even hack our election in this sense of that they were able to infiltrate Facebook with all this fake news, but they were doing it legally. That's how Facebook had it set it up. And um, it's just going to continue if right. we don't Well, stop that, that actually shit. leads us really, really perfectly into our topic. But before we get into our topic today, uh, for, for, don't don't worry about fucking those dildos. You can fuck these dildos instead. <laughs> I don't know. Does that make sense? Free stuff is awesome, but free stuff to spice up your bedroom is even better. Select almost any one item for 50% off, and then Adam and Eve loads on the free stuff. Enter offer code HORIO at checkout and get 10 tantalizing free gifts. A sexy item for him, a special gift for her, and a third item you'll both enjoy. And six free spicy movies. Ooh. Plus, free shipping. That's HORIO. W-H-O-R-E-O. Horio at adamandeve.com. So as you were saying, um, 
that, you know, we're in a time right now where the social networks can really mess with and people with money can mess with these culture wars where people kind of I mean, but what it basically comes down to is getting information that's truthy, but not full mm -hmm. truth. And that is related to what we're talking today, because um, we are talking about the United Daughters of the Confederacy and their impact on all of our collective understanding of how we've interpreted the Civil War especially people from the South. Right. Yeah. If you don't know what the Daughters of the Confederacy, how that began, um, just a quick little lesson, history lesson of it. Uh, the Daughters of the Confederacy began, uh, it was founded in 1894 in my hometown of Nashville, <laughs> Tennessee. <laughs> oh, God. Um, but yeah, it was a group of women. Uh, they were all family members of confederate soldiers so they were either daughters or granddaughters of veterans of the of the war of the confederacy and so through social i would say social engagements and fa fancy fundraisers and stuff they raised a ton of money to um they had two main goals and that was to construct federate m monuments um and then also this is what i found crazy but also to solidify the place of women as cultural and historical gatekeepers of the old south hmm. well and it's it's worth mentioning that like why did this start happening when it did and the reason why it started in uh 1894 mm -hmm. was because um that was a really like three decades after the civil war ended the civil war was from 1861 to 1864 and so by that time a lot of the older veterans that had gone through the war were dying off so there's a new generation of young people that hadn't experienced the war and so their their impetus was to kind of like pass on the the, the message of the confederacy which was um certainly garbled <laughs> at best <laughs> in terms of what actually happened versus what they would like us to believe happened. But um, so, so they were very active in trying to get uh, these, like, for example, the monuments up. And by 1914, that was sort of like the height of the Daughters of the Confederacy. And uh, they got a lot of they got a lot of they got a lot of Confederate monuments up in very prominent places. And again, the idea there is it's like kind of like a quiet brainwashing because you're just inundated with these quote unquote Confederate heroes who, um, you know, and, and the idea is to preserve their legacy or what have you. Um, and in addition to the, the, the monuments, not, so of course that, that seeps in on us, right? All of us living around them and they're everywhere. Uh, but also they were very, very, very active in getting children to learn about the Confederacy. So they also manipulated the um, textbooks, especially in the South. But I think that even those messages leaked into other textbooks all across the country. Um, and they were very, and again, these these women were very prominent sort of elite Antibellum from antebellum families who they had a lot of money to pump into this kind of thing, so they had a lot of sway with the with the governments of mm -hmm. each state and of the federal government, um, and they were able to actually make like a regulation book that said like you can't talk about this if you're going to talk about slavery you have to talk about it like this this if you if you you know 
frame Confederate soldiers. They have to be framed in this particular way. And any book that kind of like actually told the truth about what was happening in the war, you had to like label, you deface really from the front with saying that it was um, like not fair to Confederate people or not like a, a fair telling of the story. And they got all this through. And so that's how you ended up with these textbooks where they'd say things like, oh, the slave owners would bring in their slaves and they would have a party together and they would all enjoy. And then the slaves would dance out into this fields and happily sing as they worked and they loved their lives. They changed the language, I believe, from slave to servant to make it seem as though that they were hired help, but really they were just enslaved people from yeah. Africa. Um, but yeah, so the leading organization that they founded was um, known as the Lost Cause. So it's the lost cause of the Confederacy. And so what they implemented in these textbooks were three things, three key points that you were just saying, but I'll just reiterate. Yeah, please. Um, The Confederate fight was heroic. uh, And um, they talk a lot about like the, the, the war of the Northern aggression. That's what they call it. Instead of the Civil War, they would say like the war of Northern aggression because they really like to target in on how it was just how the South just wanted to be independent. That's all. Um, And then state rights is how they... Right, and states' rights. Yes. Um, Then, yeah, you said, we said the enslaved people were happy. They were happy people. They talked a lot about that. And then slavery, this is a big thing. And still today, this is a really big thing that um, I'm going to have a call. People still argue about, yeah. Still people argue about, which is just insane. But um, slavery was not the root cause of the Civil War. Right. And they still today, people will argue that the root cause of the Civil War was fighting for state rights. Mm-hmm. And that is not a full picture of what was actually going on. Right. Um, it's interesting about the textbooks. I just sort of want to talk about that for one second because like I grew up in like a union state, right? <laughs> like a, a one that fought in the union and we were very pretty liberal in the DC area. But I remember being in like fourth grade and we were reading through a textbook And there was a moment in the textbook where they said it was like it wasn't as clearly insane as like and the slaves were happy. But there was like a I remember there was like a passage in there that had something to do with like um, some slave owners weren't so bad, though. Like they they were more kind to their slaves. Like there was a thing about that. And I remember like being like, oh, that's nice. That's good. Oh, good, good, good. And like as a little white girl, I was like, oh, see, okay, good, good. That's good to know. And I'm maybe it was, slavery wasn't so bad. And then our teacher was like, so see that line there? <laughs> She's mm-hmm. like, that's bullshit. She didn't say oh. bullshit because we're in fourth grade. But then we had to have this like conversation about how that's not really accurate. But I remember as a fourth grader feeling conflicted even about that because I was like, but it's in the book and the book mm. is history. Like, I didn't have a concept of who wrote. The, I didn't think someone wrote the book. It just felt like this is the truth. And then she's saying it's wrong. And there was I think that that's where kids are so easily indoctrinated with this information or misinformation. Right. Because if it's like written down, you kind of feel like and it's like in your school, you kind of feel like, isn't this true, though? You know, mm-hmm. Which is a, one of the problems that we're having with like the internet, which is that people right. see like an article and then they're like, oh, it's written down. Like, I'm going to pass this along and I'm right. going to believe it, whether it's true without, you know, further research. And it's really hard, I think, to digest that like your ancestors and my ancestors and these ancestors out there, one's ancestors were 
participating in something so horrific. So it's just like much easier to believe that it was wonderful. And that during the Civil War, um, you know, the, the Southern Confederate army was fighting for their own rights and what they believed mm-hmm. to be right too and that we have to like uphold those memories of those soldiers um but i want to make it really clear that the daughters of the confederacy it's still a group they still still mm-hmm. i went they to have about website. twenty thousand. yeah twenty thousand members today they're certainly less uh, influential than they were in 1914, mm-hmm. um, but they exist and they still think that they're doing the right thing from one uh, in one way or another. Um, and they do, you know, they give uh, money to people for schooling and they donate things and they have this sort of benevolent thing that they do as an organization. But at the end of the day, what they are really still promoting is this uh the memory of the honorable confederate soldiers and the fight of the confederacy uh so much so that they've been labeled uh, a neo conservative uh, neo confederate group which is known as like a hate group and like mm. a step away from white supremacist group um so they're they're like watchdog groups that have their eyes on them so if like you're if you're participating and it's all these like old white ladies you know that are like doing are participating in this so if you're some old white lady out there that's like oh i'm a daughter of the confederacy and i don't believe i'm not pro-slavery i'm not pro-white supremacy i would venture to say then you don't understand your organization very well mm-hmm. because they're historically very pro not even just like ambivalent about slavery they're like pro-slavery people that have that were pushing for these monuments um in addition to that the daughters of the confederacy were very 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 vocally in support of the kkk like not even just like we support them they were like this is great (laughs) like we Mm -hmm. we're into this we want this so it is like clearly a dangerous group and, and 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 what they do is spread propaganda Right. So it's like you think like what's the big deal about like a statue? <laughs> but it's like it 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 sinks into you. It it's just another piece of propaganda. Well, the thing about Nashville is that and I know I've talked about this before, but it, it enrages me that there is um Forrester, what's his name? Uh Nathan Bedford Forrest. He was a KKK uh ba- head wizard, is that what they call him? Grand <laughs> Grand Wizard. Dragon Wizard or something. Dragon like Yeah, but his bust is in the Nashville Capitol. And then um and that's still today and then they're trying to replace it with Dolly Parton. It's been this whole big thing, but it's still there. And what I also learned is that so there is a statue on I-65 in Nashville, and I've talked about this before too, but it's private property and it's of him and he's like on a horse and he's in his Confederate uh, soldier uniform with a knife and whatever. And before that statue, when I was a kid, there was like, it was just covered in Confederate flags. And because it's private property, nobody could really do anything about it, I guess. But um, 
it's been vandalized over and over again since then like the flags have come down so there is just this like statue and it's total it's just disgusting and you when you're driving to nashville you pass it every time that you're on 65 but what i just learned is that they were actually trying one thing that they can do um they were trying to pass is that uh donated plants people were donating (laughs) money to donate plants and trees to just grow Cover cover it up guess what the Republicans voted it down. Of course they did. So still, this year, they voted that down. Yeah. Which, I mean, but that that's white supremacy. That's that's For their sure. agenda then. That's sure. like, that's just truly what it is. So, well, I don't know. I thought this- It makes me really sick. <laughs> no, it's awful. And here we are, we're talking about these things. And then you might be listening, I mean, you might be listening going, oh my gosh, this is crazy. Or you might be listening going- well, but that was a long time ago, and even the group now is not as active as it was. And why does any of this really matter? Like, why? What does it have to do with like right now? So I was asking myself the same question: like, what is? Why is this important? You know? Um, and it led me to sort of question: like, well, what was going on in the Civil War? Because like, I hmm. don't remember all the details. It's like hard. And when I think about, well, what was the Civil War fought over? I think like slavery. But then I'm like, well, what is it about the state rights? Like, was there something about state rights? And in fact, I was like just looking for random stuff on this. <laughs> and I found an interview with a Confederate soldier uh, who was like 16 when he was fighting in the war. And it, this was recorded in 1944. And in the interview, he's even saying like slavery was terrible. Like we were not fighting to protect slavery. We were fighting for state rights. So I'm like, huh, like, that's so interesting that even this guy that was fighting in it is like talking about these state rights. So I was like, well, what's that about? Like, what Mm. is that? Is there truth in that? Or what is the deal with that? And I found this really amazing interview on um, it was on WBUR.org. And the show is called Here and Now. And they interviewed this uh, university professor. He's a historian and a Yale professor. His name is David Blight. And this interview came out in... um, like 19 or 2017 or something. Uh, and the name of the interview, if you're looking for it, it's, I really recommend listening to it because he really breaks down what started the Civil War in a way that was very understandable. And the name of the interview is called Romanticized View of Civil War Means Nobody's Really Responsible, Historian Says. So if you think about that, like, so if you romanticize the Civil War, then you can kind of like separate yourself Mm -hmm. from the responsibility. So just to walk through what some of his points were, because I was like, I don't like what was this about? He was saying, I guess, like it came back back up in the news around 2017 or something, because um, the chief of staff, John Kelly, was praising Confederate uh, General John uh, was praising Confederate General Robert E. Lee and saying that he was an honorable man. And um, the reason why we were pushed into the Civil War was because of a lack of compromise from with the North, like the North was unwilling to compromise with state rights in the South. So then so you're like, OK, well, he got a lot of pushback from historians because historians basically said that's wrong. Historically, the way that this thing started was there was slavery in the South and it was like the thing that was making these people billions of dollars so think of like an amazon situation right Mm -hmm. somebody's making a lot of money off of like slave labor right and they and that's their economy and they Mm -hmm. like it like that and they don't want to change it but people were not totally blinded by the fact you know other people weren't blinded by the fact that slavery was probably not cool to do so there's a lot of people for a long time going slavery's really fucked up and we have to like stop it um 
but the these southern states they had so much they were like making a lot of money and that was the how you know these rich trump type people just didn't want to lose any of their money so they uh fought pushback against this idea of getting rid of slavery so then when they there was some and you have to like listen to the thing to get it perfectly accurate but there was things like negotiations and so the presidents were negotiating with these like southern business people and like the northern abolitionist types of people and saying like okay fine if we have slavery then in the south in your state right like in tennessee we're going to have slavery in that state, but then we're going to make Maine a state in the north, and then that's going to be a free state. So we can balance out mm -hmm. states that are free and states that are not free. And they even end up just drawing a line then, that like sort of Mason-Dixon line, and said, anything below here, you can have your slavery, but anything above has to be free. We're only going to allow that to be a non-slavery area. And... So they were like allowing slavery to continue. And this is one of the things people like complain about with uh, Abraham Lincoln, because he was also sort of like, fine, like have your slaves. But like we're we don't we can't we have to limit, you know, we're eventually we want to get rid of slavery as a system. Mm -hmm. And um, and people are upset that he wasn't just like never slavery, but it was just <laughs> the negotiation of the time. And that was ne it was never enough for the southern states, because then they started saying like, well, now you're infringing on our rights to make money and make a profit because we can't be doing our, you know, our, our businesses up through the north and we can't move our industry up to the north because now you're saying I can't have slaves up there. So every time they would try to negotiate and compromise, it was the southern states that were like, it's not enough. It's not mm -hmm. enough. Even though what we're compromising is human life, mm -hmm. you know. Mm -hmm. So eventually Lincoln was just like, no, nah, this is like enough. Like we, we have to stop this like now. And then they started like the Civil War because they just weren't willing to give in. So if that so is it state rights? I mean, technically, <laughs> but what what they were fighting for their rights to own slaves. Right. So I'm this, and I'm explaining yeah. that to people because like I think there's there may still be people out there. Maybe they're listening who are still like, but it's our southern heritage. It's our southern heritage. It's like, no, your heritage is just trying to fight for the right to own people. That's the mm -hmm. heritage. Mm -hmm. that's what they were fighting for and it's crazy too because like the kids that go out and fight in these wars and it's still true today they're not the people that make the money from the deal mm -hmm. <laughs> it was a financial situation where the rich people wanted to continue to be as rich as possible and then they framed it in a way and it did really destroy like their um their uh, their economy economy the economy mm -hmm. because they like had relied so heavily on free labor but mm -hmm. that's their own fault <laughs> it's like don't you know you should maybe and i think that that was part of the idea was that they were trying to ease in this idea of like okay we'll ease in paid labor so we don't just destroy these companies right off the bat nobody really wanted that but um they were unwilling to compromise they didn't mm -hmm. want it to be that way so the point is when we romanticize slavery and the war and say, well, both both sides were fighting for what they thought was to be was true. Mm -hmm. What then we're doing is totally eliminating the horrors that really were involved in what slavery was. Mm -hmm. And in addition to that, post-war, we're we're like diminishing. We're not taking responsibility. We're not looking at really the responsibility and where it lies in terms of where slavery was coming from and why how bad it was but then even post-war we're sort of like oh it's over they're free it's fine and that makes us unable if we're not looking at this in a real way to deal with the repercussions of slavery so it matters now 
because mm-hmm. so many of these arguments and con- like conversations we're having about things like Black Lives Matter and, you know, you know, these people that say, oh, everybody's actually equal and you should just pick yourselves up by your bootstraps and, you know, black people are lazy and black people are violent and black people, you know, that those kinds of arguments, they mm-hmm. all stem from this romanticizing of slavery mm-hmm. and not taking any responsibility and saying, wow, we fucked up. Nobody wants to say, oh, we fucked up. Right. Right. Well, you know who has done a really good job at saying, oops, we fucked up is Germany. When it comes to yeah. the Holocaust. I don't know what's happening right now. Yeah. I mean, they have their neo-Nazis <laughs> they, and stuff. They have their neo-Nazis. Did, at one point, but they did at do one, a good job. Yeah. And so I think that that's the biggest thing about America, that um, there has never been reparations about this. There's never been the only monument uh, for actual black people in the United States was just uh, uh, created last year, I believe, in 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 Memphis or it's a lynching. It's actually a, mo- a a monument that's been erected for like to tell the history of of the true history of lynching, which is absolutely that that but that is a part of American history. Um and and they have I need to look this up real quick. Actually, it's in Montgomery, Alabama. I was completely wrong. Yeah, it's the National Memorial for Peace and Justice. That's what it's actually called. And there's the Legacy Museum there on the property. And it's honestly, I think it's the only thing that acknowledges this like bloodstain of our past. Because the, and and I think that a lot of the conversations that I've had through several years of living in the South about these monuments, and especially we're having these conversations right now of like, how these monuments are being torn down should they be torn down are they a part of history should they remain i mean if you understand the reason why they were monumented in the first place it's because the daughters of the confederacy they did it because um they were whitewashing history and then they also they were erected during a lot of like the 60s and the 50s and the 60s um whenever black people um right were able to get ahead in history hundreds more monuments went up and it was like a silent just check your like i don't know it was like no, it's, it's like a fear tactic for yes, sure and it's absolute- like a check yourself kind of thing it's a you know we we want to remind you that we are still it, it, that is white supremacy yes, we are yes. supreme we're still over here. you and we're going right. to like keep you our thumb on you right you know and that's i think any any trying to justify that is misguided (laughs) Mm -hmm. and it ties back into this romanticism that oh but you know no none of that it's all fake all that is fake right well I mean I hear and I've had conversations with friends um who say like it's just a shame because it's it is these some of these monuments are hundreds of years old and it's just a shame that they're being torn down because they are history and we should you know we should preserve them as that and I'm like yeah Take them fucking down and put them, if you want to, in, in a museum so we can learn from this. But, like, I just can't imagine, and this is talking about, like, an experience that I do not know what it feels like. But as a white person walking by um, a Robert E. Lee statue, I'm going to have a different experience than a black person walking by a Robert E. Lee statue or something. You know, I mean, it's just, like, it's just unacceptable, I think. It, and put up monuments that uh, of people that actually have done incredible things for our country for sure i think also it's what's fascinating about this too is this like this 
Daughter of the Confederacy um, tactic of putting up the monuments while simultaneously indoctrinating the children was brilliant. Yeah. It's brilliant. Because, and they have a Children of the Confederacy group that was like an after school group, and that still exists. There's still, that still exists. So it's this thing that, like, when people say things like, oh, it's just such a shame, and but they did fight for what they believed in, or like any kind of excuse like that, that is from the indoctrination. Mm-hmm. We have been brainwashed. We have been mm-hmm. brainwashed. Mm-hmm. And it is, um, it is a testimony to how manipulative that, that, was because we're still having this conversation, you know, mm-hmm. today. You know who's the most later. famous daughter of the Confederacy? Who? Blanche from the Golden Girls. Oh yeah, yeah. She um. Wasn't was there an episode to, about that though? There was an uh, yeah. There was I guess it wasn't. It was so after the Golden Girls ended. I heard this on a podcast, so I I didn't. I have never seen this episode, but I did see parts of it floating around recently. But so the Golden Girls ended. Um, and then they started the Golden Palace where like the girls like started a motel in Miami or something. So it was like a two t- separate television show because um, what's her name wanted to leave? B. Arthur. B. Arthur left. And so then the writers were like, oh, well, we can't have just the Golden Girls. So let's do like the Golden Palace or something. Some so anyway, it, during this one particular episode, Blanche, they're in this like hotel that they're owning and running and that she puts up a Confederate flag in the lobby. Right. And Don Cheadle works at the hotel and like they have, I guess, a full on episode. And I've seen clips of it floating around, which, you know, if you're interested in Google it. But it's like a learning for Blanche of, you know, of of the unlearning for Blanche that's on in an 80s television show. Yeah. Well, and I've seen that episode and I remember that scene. I think I just rewatched that scene also because it was floating around. But like there's this she's doing all the same um, defense of the Confederacy and of it's her heritage. It's my heritage. It's my heritage. And um, again, with these like the children of the Confederacy, like we never lived through the Civil War. Right. So we didn't have that experience. So it's not. So heritage, okay, fine. But um, with like the kids and stuff, you teach them the songs and then, and then you feel, con- and there's food attached to it and there, it feels like a culture and it feels like a thing. And I think as like humans, we are so hardwired to want to belong to something right Mm. and even in in the united i've always felt weird because i'm from dc and it's sort of transitory town and like i never really felt connected to anything and my parents weren't from there and like i always felt like a a, kind of trying to grip on to some sort of heritage or whatever what thing and i remember feeling a little bit jealous of people from the south because you'd be like i'm a southern girl i have southern heritage and my food is southern and my you know my my southern I mean, the Confederate thing was a side thing to some extent, but it's all connected. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like all of this like Southern pride is based in this Confederate stuff. And you're and people don't want to lose that thing that feels connected to them, you know, because they have their stories that are unrelated to slavery that are related to that. So that song means something to you because my grandmother used to sing it to me. And this, you know. Mm-hmm. story of my great 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 uncle has been passed down and he was a great man and you know like that kind of stuff it's very hard for people to let that go and not see like oh shit <laughs> like yeah well I find it fascinating that they're still doing those um the civil war um reenactments yeah yeah I mean, I mean it's I'd be so <laughs> curious to talk to somebody that 
does that often? And why are you doing that? Actually, my dad's best friend, um, who sadly passed away this year, um, he was really (laughs) into going to those things. And I think that it was just... It was a community of people that like yeah. rallied around this story, you know, their, the story. their heritage. And it's a story is a good word for it because it's a story. It's not the truth, you know. Right. But they right. love this romantic. It's like the it's like the, it's like Gone with the Wind. I was just I mean, going to say Gone with yeah. the Wind. Gone with the Wind is such a problematic movie because it just but it, it's not that the movie is the cause of the problem. It's that a move that movie is like a symptom of <laughs> this romanticizing of um of that time period and even like the thing with like lady annabellum like changing their name and stuff like that it's like we shouldn't she they never should have had that as a name to begin with dixie chicks is a problematic name, right you know right. and it's like we're just why is it just now that we're like realizing that you know what i mean but it's just because again we're so indoctrinated i'm, I'm glad we're talking about plantation stuff, weddings the plantation really weddings should not like lively and Charleston plantation I, I know and they're like oops shit sorry but like it's that's how that's how deep this goes I mean I remember as a child just obsessing over hoop skirts I sure. my, we had we had one hoop skirt between the three of us girls in our dress up you know closet or whatever and we were always fighting over it because we would go to these small towns and they would have reenactments or they would have like I remember going I don't even know where it went maybe it was just Charleston you know you walk down the street and a woman is in a full hoop skirt with her parasol yeah. and but like if you really understand if you're dressed like that then you were a slave owner for sure and you're romanticizing and you're romanticizing the story, the story. all comes back to right. this sort of thing right it's I mean, pretty crazy we've been totally lied to this i mean and this is not new information also no it, they've no, they've known it since the civil war was happening right <laughs> i mean right. and and black people have known us and they've been telling us the whole right. fucking time right and we're not fucking listening no, right. we are not listening. Mm-hmm. This is not new information. We're and and I know we feel surprised about it because we're fucking dumb. I don't know <laughs> what's happening, mm-hmm. you know. But like, it's just it's time. It's time to get over it. Yeah, get burn those Confederate flags. Burn them. Yeah, mm-hmm. they equal hate. Period. Mm-hmm. They don't mm-hmm. equal your mama's potato salad. They don't. <laughs> I don't. It's it's just. I yeah, mean, I I get it. True. And it, when you say too about like the reenacting the war thing, it really makes me think of like, let's say your dad. That was like the thing you and your dad did to bond. Your dad liked them. So let's say you'd go with your dad to these reenactments. Like then you start to love them because of that, right? You right. know what I mean? So I get it. But but that is the that is the insidiousness of this Confederate pride. Mm-hmm. Is that like you you start to get people to tie it to other important things, and then it's so hard to let go of. Because mm. then you're like, I want I want my kids. To, I had so much fun with my dad. It was bonding. Like I want my kids to do this with me. So then it becomes this like, and then those people think that it's not related to slavery because mm-hmm. they're like, no, it's just about me bonding with my dad. And it's like, no, this is still about slavery. Mm. This is still about like a horrendous thing people were trying to defend for money for money for money it wasn't for honor it wasn't for that is nonsense 
But when you tug at people, you connect things to people's hearts. It it just mm. gets really hard to dismantle that. Mm. Also, there's been a lot of conversation of when do you teach your children about slavery? Uh, the day they're born. Their day they're born. I mean, right. why would you wait? Right, right. Why? I know. I, know. I think just the simple understanding that our our the history of the United States was built on the backs of of enslaved individuals. Yes. <laughs> yeah, that's mean, what you did. and then you go for and then you talk about Native Americans. I was just and then you say, yeah, it's you, not there's even a just long the black slavery is right. we crushed a, we we extinguished a community, a thriving not even one community, multiple communities of people so that white people could eat at mcdonald's <laughs> mike kaplan you know? had yeah mike kaplan had a great tweet about like i'm not gonna say it correctly but uh something about like you guys i feel like uh america's like cursed or something like <laughs> I mean, it's like like we like built our nation on top of like i don't know um like an indian barrel burial ground exactly. or something no, it's like, totally yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> i mean yeah it's uh, that's like so and i think the more we just keep reminding her you know in the same way that they said okay we're gonna put up these confederate um uh, monuments so people don't forget about us and then we're gonna tell a story around it that's gonna make them feel connected to the story we do the exact same thing by undoing that you know what i mean by taking them on that's why we have to take the monuments down that's why we have to like you know undo that and we have to start telling the real story of what was going on here so we can really be just honest about what's really that is how we break the curse because they're because we are cursed right now we're cursed with white supremacy and you know it's breakable but we have to start doing it the other thing that's funny about the monuments is like if you have a monument up and you're like but it's history and we should just leave it it's like okay well then should we i mean i don't think we should leave them but at the very least we need to take the plaque off and we <laughs> put a new plaque up and put make, a new this pl- guy was a racist he had this many slaves he fought for um the demise of uh, humans mm-hmm. and um we're putting this up to shame him mm. you know what mm-hmm. i mean that would mm-hmm. be something at least mm-hmm. but that's not of course then people would be mad about that right what do you want you know you want it up or you want it down god break the curse that's what we gotta do we can do it i believe it i believe mm-hmm. we can but mm-hmm. we just have to like deprogram all of us we all have mm-hmm. to be deprogrammed and again if if you're talking to somebody and they, and I, f- I feel like a broken record sometimes when talking to um, people that keep saying this. And I have people in my life that have just perpetuated this problem of like, or this narrative of, of that the monuments should exist because it's history. So put them in a basement put, somewhere. I don't know. And then make it be like, this is the death basement. This is the people that wanted people <laughs> right. to die. Put them in the in a museum and then and, and if you want to go visit them. Explain what really right. happened. Right. We, can, we don't have to like destroy the monument. That's fine. I'm okay with that too. It's like I said, you can it can be a monument of shame. Mm-hmm. I love that. I really like that. But then it, it's it's just a plaque with like the truth. Yeah. Just the the truth. actual truth. Yeah. And Facts. then yeah. let's go from there. Sure. If you want to leave them up. Right. So next time your friends or somebody you know says something like that, then you can just tell them like, okay, let's leave them up and then let's just replace the plaque. Mm -hmm. Okay. Mm -hmm. How about that? Yeah. Mm. (sighs) Anyway. I think that we need a reformed whores monument. That's what I'm, I mean, I'm just putting it out there. Like these whores are shameful. Yeah. (laughs) Our bus, like our boobs are busts. Our our busts should be out there. (laughs) 
<laughs> not our heads. Just cut our heads off. Just, and just, be boom. just the tits. Yeah. <laughs> Why not? Oh, God. Oh, Jesus. Well, I hope everybody learned something today. I mean, I think that also if you have questions about um, the Civil War and how that shit went down, there are so many sources on the Internet, you know, and just be careful which ones you're reading. If you're going to the Daughters of the Confederacy or Sons of the Confederacy, they're going to they're going to tell you lies. <laughs> but if right. you go to like some real historians, there's a lot of um, and the place to start is that thing I was telling you about the. That interview here and now's interview with the romanticized view of civil war means nobody's really responsible. Mm. And another fun game that you could play if you just have nothing else to do right now is um, call your congressmen and women and and just ask them the simple question of do you believe that um, slavery was the cause of the civil war and just see what they say and then know how to vote accordingly. Yeah. It's a fun little game to do on a Friday night. Yeah, it's really fun. You know, like, like a drinking game. Every yeah. time you say it racist, state yeah. rights. Yeah, state yeah. rights. <laughs> do it in a shot. You'll probably get wasted by the end of night, unfortunately. But it's good. I'm excited. I'm excited for our country. We're going to make some big moves. Is everybody excited? Let's get pumped. I know it's a weird time. This is the time <laughs> to get pumped. We're going to fix this shit. I'm ready to fix it. Change the plaques. Change the plaques with just the truth. Yeah. And also, everybody, we should just get off Facebook. We got to delete it. Get off Facebook. So fuck Facebook. Get fuck that, Facebook. Fuck, yeah, fuck that shit. Get the fuck, fuck off. They're yeah. lying. They're lying. They're 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 doing the wrong things. And now I'm starting to sound insane. But this is all just true. <laughs> just just telling the truth. If you want to, if you want to fight me on it, let's let's gently fight. I don't want to fight, fight, but I want to have a conversation <laughs> about it. Let's com- let's converse. We'll talk about it. If you want to, you know, throw a penny at our boobs and our, our busts and make a wish, well, then go to Patreon happen. and you can do yeah. it there. <laughs> Good plug. Yes. Yeah. That's right, folks. We're on Patreon. You actually have to just go to patreon.com backslash reformed whores to support us. That's a great way um, to, to, you know, it's like our fans only page, except no, no titties. Not yet. I don't know. <laughs> just keep you hoping. Yeah, maybe one day when we're 90 in our yeah. 90, we'll do it. We'll finally show them. <laughs> It'll be great. Oh. We'll, we'll commemorate them and all their heroic duties that they've performed throughout the years. <laughs> just like they'll be the daughters of the Reformation, the Horus Reformation. They'll, they'll put them up 30 years after our death. I love it. That's perfect. <sighs> anyway, that's great. Rest in peace, RBG. This episode was for you. <laughs> yeah, I think she'd loved it. I don't know. I think she, she, she would have like, What it. is this nonsense? <laughs> she would. Win- I wouldn't want her to waste her time. She needs to have a pina colada somewhere. Oh, I bet she is. Gosh. Mm. Anyway. Anyway. Well, thank you for listening. I hope you learned something. If you want to write in with any thoughts, please do at uh, Difficult Women podcast at gmail.com I didn't remember our email for one second um, and um, I have all these other things I want to say about Democrats and Republicans and those parties switching but I'm going to talk about say that for another episode wait what What'd you know you how like people always say like oh well like it was the Republicans that freed the slaves right we'll talk about that's a that's our cliffhanger for another oh. episode <laughs> Well, I think I've said this before, but I'm actually related to Ulysses S. Grant. I think I am too. See? Yeah. He also owns slaves. So I mean, there yeah, you it's go. not that great. great. It's not so great. great. Yeah. Anyway. anyway. Cool. All right. Bye on that note. <laughs> <laughs> we love you.
There's a little procedure that could change the world It can make you a hero Do a solid favor for your girl And get them wanting pregnancies down to zero It's got no side effects that are adverse And don't you know it can even be reversed Oh, it might increase your pleasure Look, we're all in this together It's an option we're talking about Do it for all of us It's not dangerous Vasectomy, vasectomy, vasectomy Do 